0: To Daydream Believers podcast, I am your host, Space Servant 18. Um, today we are talking about the emotionally heavy "On My Way." Um, just as a trigger warning or a just as a heads up, um, this we are going to be talking a lot about um, the suicide plot in here and some really heavy stuff. So if that's just not your cup of tea right now, I, I totally get that. Um, Next week is the cracky Big Brother stuff So um, If you need to sit this one out, I totally understand So uh, Coming back and talking to me about this one today That was Invisible Raven Hello Hi, Hi. All right. So kind of um, I think it's funny that he says that uh, Cooper Anderson says that in the next episode But uh, this episode um, or Cooper Anderson's line is Is it comedic or is it dramatic And Uh, That kind of reminds me of this episode um, Because there are a lot of things There are a lot of things going on in this episode And some of them are very dramatic Some of them are rather comedic um, And it's kind of a strange mishmash of lots of things So um, we can jump right in And and opening up we have um, this story about Okay, so opening up we have Kurt and Rachel They're talking about wedding stuff Rachel is kind of, like, gung-ho about this wedding. Kurt is not. He, he's, no. no.
1: And we even if you know, thanks to Vakki, you know, if he would have said yes if they proposed, but they wouldn't have gotten married in high school, and the only reason that he's even sitting next to Rachel is to make sure she doesn't get a dress with a bunch of kittens on it. Right. (laughs) That's the only reason he's even putting up with the wedding talk.
0: Yep. Yep, and I think that's something to remember as we go on Because a lot of people are like, you know, this doesn't make sense one way or the other When you match it to um, the proposal that Blaine does later on And I'm like, actually, there's a lot of consistency um, with that Where Kurt, he has not ever really been for this uh, eventual wedding And he is, you guys are too young you know, you guys, we talked about in the Spanish teacher in heart that, you know, you guys are not in, in the right mindset for getting married. And I think that mentality, even though he, even though he knows that he wants to eventually marry Blaine, it's still like a far off distant thing. I'm going to have, I have a plan. I have all of these things, goals that I want to do. I want to go to college. I want to do this and that. And then when I'm 30, I'll get married and Blaine will be there and I'll be happy. So he has a very set timeline um, yeah, and and that's how what I see. So,
1: yeah, I don't think he had such a problem. Well, I don't think they got gay for the right reasons, and I think Kurt would probably back me up with that. Mm-hmm. So, but she might not have an issue with them being gay if they weren't dead set on getting married right away before we graduate, you know, let's get married now.
0: right. She he even says you should going to get
1: married with in like five years or even two years. He would probably be like, that's great. When it's closer, I will totally help you plan. But because they're all like, we ought to get married. I don't know if they they do eventually now, but right now it's like, before we graduate, McKinley He's like, no. no, 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 no.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. So then Sebastian comes in and.
2: <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I hate Sebastian's wife. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> do I spent
2: you-
1: so much time hating Grant Gustin, and now I can't hate him because I love The Flash, but I hate The Flash. I hate am sorry. All the people who love The I know they exist. I know there's a lot of them, I can't stand it. I'm sorry. Sorry, go on. That's
2: okay.
0: No, 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 I just, do you want to, what is your reason for not liking him?
1: Uh, he just gets on my last nerve. I just see him and I want to punch him. Because he's, mmm, smirky, cat fake, jerk, just, uh, and all the shit he does, especially in this episode, to win a regional competition. Not, like, not even to win nationals, to win regionals. And, like, the length he's gone to. I'm just like, no, I'm sorry. I know that eventually Blaine and maybe Kurt bring, comes to have peace with them. which is like, Ugh, fine. But I don't have to, like, it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I'm a little more indifferent towards him, but I don't think I mean, he's just I think they push him too far. I don't I think they push him this far so that his redemption is I don't I don't know. I don't really get what they were trying to do with Sebastian here other than be an adversary, but ah, I don't know. So
1: Yeah, I I I, I just like just, it goes back to, like, like, episode because, you know, what he did, he was intending to, you know, hurt Kurt and eventually hurt Blaine, like, no, you don't touch my babies. And then he gets away with it, and this one he does what he does with the whole photoshopping of Finn and blackmailing in new directions, and again, gets away with it, and he's never called on his crap, and then, like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, and then it's, like, all is forgiven, like, no, no sweetie Mm-mm. That's not how life works I don't know There's just something about him, about his personality just rubs me the exact wrong way Nope,
0: nope, nope, nope You know, and it, just as a side note That's kind of how I am with Krofsky Or, I mean, I just Don't I, You know, I, again I don't think grown on me is the right word But I, he... Is somebody, I, to, yeah, I can tolerate him now, yeah, you know. Um, but I couldn't for a long time for a lot of the like early stuff that he had interactions he had with Kurt. And so, I think one reason why I, I find this or I have found this episode so hard is that, um, and we'll get to it much more in length when we get there. That Kurt is so forgiving to Karofsky and I just can't be as forgiving, so
1: yeah, Kurt has. A, a huge heart and empathy for Miles and for some people, for some people, because I don't think he ever really does forgive Sebastian for nearly blinding blame, but we, we don't know. But Krofsky, I guess, because Kirk was once in that same position himself, he has more empathy for Dave.
2: Yeah.
1: That, and that's the only reason, I guess, that I can figure why he is, you know, so quick to forgive him, like, I was in that position, I was in the closet, I was thinking about ending my life, I was in a place where, you know, I was getting harassed with my sexuality by this person, but still, you know, I, he has more empathy because he was he was there, he was that person.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And that's 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 just me spitballing, but, you know.
0: Yeah, no, it makes sense, and we'll get into that a little bit more when we get into uh, some of the stuff that comes up um, in the God Squad's. It scene um, Yeah, but, I know, it's
2: not your favorite, but I'm going to talk
0: about it Yeah, this. no, that's fine <laughs> We will um, no, uh, yeah. Um, so we have this choir room scene We get Gosh, we get Rachel kind of at her worst Because, you know, basically Sebastian's Blackmailing um, Them with, if you don't drop out I'm going to put this picture up And Finn's really obviously upset about this And Um Rachel's like I can't do that and whatever you shouldn't be you know ashamed of whatever it's not true and it's she just has such little empathy for fit and it's kind of awful actually in this moment.
1: That's um, because her ambition outweighs her empathy. Yeah. And I, 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 like this came up in my notes later on the episode, but it's like, why is it like fashion's just like Rachel has to drop out, not the club, just Rachel. Like okay, they can win without Rachel. They've done it before. Why is it such a big deal? Go ahead, do it without Rachel. You can still win. You can beat them. Maybe not with the songs that you do later on, and I will talk about that when we get to the actual competition part. But you can win without Rachel. I hate that the writers put so much emphasis on. They need Rachel to win, right? And thus, it becomes. Again, they wrote Rachel's like I need to be there to win, so her ambition overrides her empathy for Finn when. Sometimes we think she's actually not that that bad. She actually does care about him more than being a star. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just and I'm not a Rachel fan at all. So I'm really kind of defend her, but yeah, sometimes she can care about him more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's just it's just not happening.
0: Yep. Okay, so we have this choir room scene, and um, Blaine is upset during. All of this. And
1: Blaine is bitter that Sebastian didn't get turned over to the cops because he nearly got blinded. Yep. That was the first word that came to my mind. Blaine is bitter that I think he's a little bit pissed at Kurt that Kurt didn't bring Sebastian to the cops and pissed that, you know, nobody else kind of said, no, Kurt, baby, sweetie. I'm glad that you're trying to be a higher person, take more high ground, but this was assault and he needs to pay. Right.
0: Well, and Wait. it it's something that um, you know, it comes up in Michael and it's kind of this middle season 3 writing of Kurt where Kurt is very he's way more empathetic and wanting to take the high road and I know this is the around the time that the whole idea of Saint Kurt got kicked around. Um then he Then gosh for his own good And as we talked about in length in Michael About how you know It's good to be Altruistic but at, you know At some point you know you have to call a spade a spade And turn somebody that's doing something Illegal and hurtful in You know um, yeah. So
1: And I was confused because like already They're rolling up like show choir regulation Isn't there like a show choir board That they could just go to Just go over the headmaster Dalton and say look Yeah, this is happening. Can you kick Dalton out of the competition? Yeah, and the choir four people be like, "Yup, sure, done. Here you go."
0: And that's the other unfortunate thing about not really getting any clean stuff. We do not get any actual clean. I remember this at the time. Any clean, decent kind of conversation between the first time and dance with somebody or Big Brother, really. I mean, they have a little bit of a talk in Big Brother, but for a very long time. They are sitting next to each other, they'll be talking they at each other, they'll have... To each other. Yeah. But they don't this have... They like, Whoop,
1: Miles apart.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't really okay. have... Oh, sorry, I keep talking over you. It's
1: okay. But, you know, this scene, they are Miles choir and like,
0: symbolism. Well, and they don't... They actually don't show... Because like, I'm trying to screen it. It was really hard. They don't show any of Kurt's reactions to when Blaine gets up and is really upset. Um, And meanwhile You know, and meanwhile during this Rory and Sugar are both making suicide jokes And I get that The show was trying to be funny with this Like, hey, we're going to talk about suicide now But I'm like, this is is No, it's so bad It is And and, and Kurt does give him a glare over that And again, it is canon Um, We'll talk about much more in length in, In 2009 When we finally get back to that And go backwards, but Um, it's really relevant here that Kurt has, um, contemplated suicide, uh, before he went into Glee Club, you know, very dark thoughts, you know, he was alone, he felt alone, and yeah, that is something that has, had crossed his mind. Um, it also brings up the topic, and and maybe you'll, you'll be able to talk about this, um, of... I wish I knew the exact terminology for it. Situational depression and long-term depression where, because I, I've been in shoes before. Um, especially when I was younger, when the situation that I was in was just overwhelming and, you know, I suffered from depression and it was just an awful thing. And then I got out of where I was and I, I, um, and and better functioning, and and out of that depression. But I do know, you know, other family members. I've known good friends. Mine. They they have long term depression, which is different. And I'm not a psychologist. Um, I can't. I'm not going to diagnose anybody with anything. But I've heard a lot of Blaine stands talk about Blaine being somebody who has long term depression, and that um, often yeah, gets didn't up. it
1: get confirmed in season six that? He had depression, like oh, after yeah. the second breakup. Yeah. That he he basically, and maybe that was situational, but yeah, I I can kind of get that idea that Blaine is, and has been depressed on and off for a long time. Maybe even to Sadie Hawkins, potentially. Maybe since before that, who knows? But I I could definitely see that, and then he just, you know. Maybe he deals really well, maybe he's taking something that makes him so happy and chipper And not showing how much the world's kind of dragging him down But yeah, I can definitely see that
0: Yeah, um, if there is, are any uh, really big Blaine stands listening and would like to chime in Please feel free to do so, this is out of my element um, Because as we get into... The cops are obscene. I think that a lot of people picked up that it is, you know, yes, Blaine is upset about this Sebastian thing, but there is deeper. There are deeper things going on. Um, yeah. than just, I'm upset about this guy blinding, almost blinding me. Um, and there, and I don't know. It just kind of hints at it throughout the rest of, I mean this, Oh gosh, sorry. I'm just a little scatterbrained tonight. Um, this scene kind of kicks off Blaine's second half, season three, you know, just uncertainty about his future, his worry about his relationship with Kurt, um, just kind of, all of that kind of stems out from here. Uh, so, I don't know, i yeah, I
1: don't know. Uh, I'm going to say this right up front, is probably my favorite Blaine solo, and I, I, I don't know why. It just is, and I think he sounds great on it, and I think, like, when you watch it, his face is just anguished, and for someone who's trying to go for inspirational, I think he kind of failed at that, but it's a great song, he does a great job, but Darren's facial acting has always been amazing. This scene is just, like, he's just there, and I don't know if they told him to act like that because of what was going on in the other scenes... Or that's just a position to go with But he looks so sad Like, baby, come here, I'll give you a hug It's okay
0: Well, and it kind of um, Gives credit to the Observation that Blaine Has a tendency to kind of Put on this front Where He is I'm going to be, you know, a, a people pleaser And I'm going to smile and sing you Happy songs, but I think one reason is this, this solo resonates so much with people is that it's really plain being emotionally honest and yeah. there's a lot of darkness there. And I think maybe a lot of people can relate to that, that they, you know, I, I, I want to be the best person of me. I'm going to be happy and smiley and I'm going to go along with everything. And, but inside I'm just tormented and, and having a hard time and things are not good. Yeah. And this is yeah. the- yeah, first time in the series that we really get to see that because, I don't know, I mean, like, there is a little bit of anger going on in, in Michael when they when Sebastian and, and um, Blaine are going kind of head-to-head and bad and everything like that. But um, this is really kind of where, I don't know, the Blaine that we're going to see kind of going forward really comes out and starts to show and whatnot. So, um, to set up the cough yeah. shop scene... Oh, sorry, did you have something you wanted to add? I'm sorry.
1: No, it's just, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think from here on out, we see a much more, I guess, vulnerable Blaine. I can't talk my now Yeah. But, you know, we see things affecting him more. He's not, the, I don't want to use the word puppet, but, it, like, he's not the big, smiley front man. He doesn't, I guess, have his blazer and his warblers to hide behind. And he's going to become a lot more... Like a real boy!
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: for better or for worse, that's great because we actually get to get some more insight into Blaine and some more background, even though we still don't get enough, in my opinion, as a Blaine fan. But.
0: <laughs> no, I, honestly, I, 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 I agree. I think
1: we deserve a bit more background and not Blaine the jukebox, I wanted more real Blaine, and that it wasn't, you know. And we, we do get some of it here, and we get more of it as the seasons go on, but it's just sad things happen for the real Blaine to come out. And I wanted to see more happy real Blaine.
0: I understand um, that. <laughs> not, not
1: this false mask. of, yay, let's sing last Friday night
0: and
1: do silly moves, and I'm going to cheer you up by singing a pink song, Santana. I, you know, I oh, wondered, what? do
0: you feel that, because I think a lot of people... Where like this new kind of darker blame kind of came out of nowhere, um, and yeah, there's always been in Glee inconsistencies in character writing. I mean, that's a thing. But at the same time, I I do see how it can connect. I do see people taking season two's blame. which has all which has always been a prism of Kurt's point of view. By the way, I mean we never really got. Inside Blaine's head, the only time we got um, a, an individual Blaine scene in season two Is when he went to go talk to Bert about sex and sexy Hey, we talked about that and We did <laughs> And that was a different Blaine, I think, a little bit um, So
1: Yeah, but you also have to remember that in season two, Blaine was 15 And now he's 16, 17 you guys, remember how much you changed in high school. How much your personality changed. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are not the same person. Plus, he, you know, in that space of a year, year and a half, you know, he changed schools. He got a boyfriend. He had a whole new set of friends and new teachers, new classes, new clubs, and responsibilities. And who knows what's going on with his parents, but. And his family and everything like that Because we don't get that much insight into it And you'll have to wait until next week's episode To even meet any of Lean's family mm-hmm. So like In that space of time people are going to change And He's gone through so many Big changes in this time And like you know he just got out of the hospital Where he potentially have lost part of his sight And got betrayed by these people Who were his friends Like of course he's not going to be the same person That he was Right, he has had to deal with all of this stuff in a relatively short amount of time. He is going to change, right? And I don't. It came out of nowhere at all,
0: and so he, I think, you
1: know you can see
0: where yeah. where it came from. And I think on top of that, it, it, just as a reminder, in Michael, Kurt got his niata letter that he's accepted to do an audition, which that's another story, but um. Oh
1: no! Let's so. not get
0: started on the
1: or the storyline enough,
0: because you and I, will
1: just bitch about it for about three hours. Because so, I think we're
0: totally to well, in, uh, in sync with our intro to best storyline. Yeah. My point is... <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, my point is, though, that... Um, that Kurt is starting to pull away. Yeah. And not because, you know... Like, just because he is looking more towards his future, and Blaine is... You know, he's got... You know, He's hangs out and he's going to get more scenes with the guys and there's a lot of, you know, Blaine and Mike background stuff, but they're all mostly going to leave and he doesn't have any real connections to any of the juniors. And he is starting to look at a um, life without Kurt, without really people he can talk to. And yeah, this kind of starts the seeds to not only dance with somebody, but towards the breakup as well, which I think, I guess we're now on breakup watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So um, yeah, that's. Um, but yeah, we probably should. Have, we've been talking about this scene for what ten minutes now, and no, we haven't even got to the
1: crux of it. Yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So guys,
1: nice. you should have known. The two of us, we can
0: talk a lot. Right. Um, but yeah, like, and just a quick note about Kurt. You know, ask me. This is the first time Blaine kind of lashes out at Kurt, and it's something that's never happened before because Blaine's usually Mister. Lovey dovey, and I think that's an interesting thing. And I, I don't know if, like, Kurt doesn't react badly or anything, but it, and who knows what goes on in their personal life, but um, it's an interesting dynamic that we never see before.
1: I think at that point, Blaine's just talked to death about Sebastian because they've just had so, so, so many hawks. And again, talking back to that, I think he's still kind of pissed that nothing really happened with it. Uh, but yeah, he's just like, I don't want to talk about Sebastian. So sick of hearing Sebastian's name, and Sebastian's just such a sore spot in their relationship, yeah. right up into the up into season five. Because like in the breakup, when Kurt, when Blade's like, "I cheated on you," the first thing that comes to Kurt's mind is it was with Sebastian, wasn't it? So you can tell it's still a sore spot. So, but I think by the time you know we reach season five, Kurt's just like, "I'm so sick of hearing names, Sebastian's name."
0: Yeah. Well, even season six, um, when he goes to meet Blaine for the first time since they broke up, his first worry was that, you know, he, that uh, when he Blaine says I'm Sebastian. with somebody, that it'd be Sebastian. So, um, so yeah. But I, I think, um, yeah, they are not communicating the way they should be. I mean, even I, I mentioned it purposefully in Hold On To 16 when they're, they are sitting in the lima bean um, and Kurt's filling out a His application For the live That they're having A conversation But not with each other um, They're just both Speaking And venting Their frustrations But it's not Nobody's actively listening um, So I mean And they're teenage boys I get it I mean they're gonna You know And it wouldn't be A TV show If there wasn't Tension But um,
1: Yeah I, I saw a post On Tumblr It's like What's the greatest Villain in all Of fan fiction?" Miscommunication I'm like Yup yep. That applies here too yep. Because these boys don't talk to one another like they should or even when they do talk to one another which is oh so rare just like you just want to shake them both, sit them down or like Sue, lock them in an elevator until they talk
0: <laughs>
1: yes. um. maybe somebody should have done that in like the end of season 3 just lock them in a room like here you go talk out your issues see you in 24 hours
0: no I think you know I think that and not to go down this tangent too much, because really, yeah, we'll have to say this for another day, but um, I think that they needed to grow through... Oh, yeah, yeah no, and, I totally agree
1: with you, but, you know... Yeah, no, my I My poor heart still, like, so, it can't
0: um, do So let's talk about the sequence a little bit. Um, this is the a uh, suicide attempt, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've only seen this particular scene, I think, three times in its entirety. Um, it's not something that I personally can go back and watch. It's very hard for me to do that. Um, yeah.
1: It's not a fun scene, even though Max Adler does a great job. Yep. He does a phenomenal job uh, acting it out. But yeah, it's not an easy scene to watch. And I'm when I was watching it for this podcast, I was like, okay, first of all, did they bring Karofsky back to just to lead up to this scene, or did they decide after they had brought him back, we're going to tackle teen suicide? Who's better candidate, or like what? I don't know why they decided to bring him back. To,
0: I actually for this. Oh, for this particular storyline, I think in the first yeah. time we talked about it, um, that his scene with Kurt in the first time could have been very easily uh, the end of his character. Yeah, um,
1: and I've been okay with that being the
0: end of his character. I think that they said we want to do this particular storyline, and it, it's a relevant storyline. I'm not saying that it's not. Um, I think it is a very relevant storyline. Um, I think that they said, well, we don't want to have one of our main characters go through it for whatever reason. So they decided, well, who is a side? You know, we can bring Kurofsky back, um, and we can—he'd be a good character to do the storyline with. And I don't even yeah. think that's a bad idea. My one big problem with this episode is that it smushes everything together, and so you get this really comedic Finchel like getting married plotline with competition with the, yeah, the team suicide, and it really, really needed and and maybe a couple more episodes. I mean, because then you 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 see Kurofsky in Heart, and his whole reason for being in Heart, as we talked about um, in that podcast, was to. Set up this one Um, And But it just still feels way too fast Um, I I think That Glee Just didn't want to I don't know, I feel like they were trying to play it safe Like we'll give you a character that You know, you kind of care about But maybe not as much so that we can do the Storyline but not get too heavy with it And it I, I don't know if it worked. I mean, this scene is very powerful. I think that this whole sequence is incredibly powerful. So that worked, But I think as a whole episode, I don't think it works.
1: No. And I, I will agree with you there. There's just, there's too much of a hodgepodge. But this scene is actually really well done. And part of me when I was watching this, this might sound terrible, but maybe they decided, let's choose Kurovsky to go through this because he spent pretty much all of season two, and part of season one, making Kurt, Kurt's life miserable and this is kind of and I really hate to put it this way but it's karma
0: it's oh like karma a retribution and saying,
1: this is how you treated Kurt and potentially other people this is what it feels like and he doesn't deserve it because he's you know become a better person moved on Kurt has you know forgiven him whatever but maybe that's what they're going through Minds like this is what you went through, I don't know.
2: I don't know. And, I, I don't and he know. says later
1: in the episode, you know, after what I put you through, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have forgiven me. So yeah. he kind of says to Kurt later in the episode, like, I wouldn't have forgiven me, I wouldn't have you know, called me and everything like that. Why are you being so nice to me? I don't deserve it. Right. I- that's kind of why I've extrapolated from that and saying, well... Dave realizes now What Kurt went through And Kurt went through it for Two, three years Dave went through it for a week And that's not belittling his experience Or anything like that Just saying Dave now has a I guess greater appreciation Of what How strong Kurt is
0: I think that kind of jumping off that It was more so that they Wanted to write a redemption arc For, for Karofsky and to say to put him in Kurt's shoes in a way, they they felt they could redeem him. Um, yeah, and it's interesting that I do think that Kurofsky I mean, Kurt forgave Kurofsky back in season two, but I think it's interesting how powerful that season two po- that season two plotline was with bullying. That we get to season six and people are just horrified with the whole bullying Kurofsky. I mean, there there are a lot of issues there anyway, but I mean. Just this character has been redeemed for a long time, but that bullying stuff just stays with you. It, it's just,
1: yeah, so. because you latched on to Kurt and you're just like mm, no, because you don't you forgive, but you don't forget, kind of thing. And that's I think yeah. where a lot of the fan base was. They 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 forgave because they saw. He, Grew, became a good person. He suffered and like by up they don't forget it. Like, no, I'm okay with you going off and being happy, but not in this way, not with blame. That season six, let's not get
0: yeah. there yet. Let's not get there yet. We got a lot, we got a lot more to cover before we get we there.
1: We have got ten <sighs> in this episode. Yep.
0: So. Um, the other thing, I don't know if this was really in the best taste either. But when they came back from commercial, the way the adults are all talking about it, they're teasing it as if he died. Um, and yeah. it just feels like a low, like, you know, ah, I don't even know what you call it, but I, a, a tease, but I'm just like, really, you're going to, you know, frame this as if he had died and then say, oh, wait, no, he didn't. I don't understand what they were really going on yeah, with that, but.
1: no, I, I don't understand it either. Like, they're like, we have to be very sensitive and everything like that. Just like, but part of you even in, you know, a very small part. It's like, but is he okay? Yeah. And that's the first thing you want to do, not that you're sitting around all somber and discussing it. Mm-hmm. Like, you want them to get right to the point, like, he's okay. And then they come up on that heart, heart, heartbreaking scene of Paul finding Dave. It's like, ugh, no, ugh, I, I can't. I can't.
0: Yeah.
1: But, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Alright, so, um, kind of going on We get into the God Squad scene Um Yeah, yeah the scene, okay Um, <laughs> where should we start with it? Uh, first of all, let's start with, um the, the God Squad was something that started In the previous episode To bring in Joe Hart, which was Who was one of the Glee Project winners I don't have a problem With the God Squad itself I, I think that it served its purpose well um I think it handled religion relatively well in that respect. Um, but, uh, so they're talking about um, the Karofsky stuff and, and Kurt comes to talk to them. And I'm going to go ahead and let you start. I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what your notes say.
1: Okay, so... Uh, I know this is a lot of people's least favorite Kurt scene. I'm not going to defend him, but, like... Quinn's like, oh, I don't know, I understand how anyone come to that, and kind of you know, you don't, but other people do, so, but then Kurt kind of minimizes her struggles, like, you know, she was still of their school, and he was there getting harassed, and assaulted every day, but then again, he had a loving family to go home to, and she got kicked out of her house, and, you know, her reputation fell apart, her relationship fell apart, you know, she well, had to give birth and then give up a child and Kurt will pretty much never know how hard that is but, you know, he was going through what he was going through so, you know I, I don't know maybe Quinn's faith is like oh, suicide is a sin and I have faith to keep me through and but Kurt doesn't have that Kurt Also doesn't have a sure future So maybe his uncertainty Is kind of making him lash out Because I think I don't like How he talked to Quinn But I don't like how he talked back to him Nobody nobody comes off good In this interaction
0: Right, and I think that's the thing that um, It's kind of funny, I didn't really Probably because I didn't revisit this episode very often I, when I went through And I sat and I rewatched it And I really thought about where Kurt was coming from it all does make sense to me. I think that you have these two people and Quinn and Kurt who are very in very different places and have had very, very different experiences and neither experience should be belittled. And I think just because of the anger and the frustration and the sadness and the trauma that they're all going through with this kind of knowing somebody that's going through this, I, I think it does, it can bring out... That's not necessarily the worst in people I mean, I don't think it's either Quinn or Kurt at their worst But it's going to bring out some heated words Especially when you have teenagers Who may not know how to communicate In the best way But I think what you said is dead on That you've got Kurt who really empathizes With Karoski because Kurt has been there He has contemplated those Same dark thoughts He, and we'll get into this in a second uh, Is blaming himself For what Karofsky did And then you've got Quinn, who, you know, maybe her faith, you're right, uh, says uh, uh, suicide is a sin, and she would never feel like going that far. But, you know, she's been through some really, really, really tough stuff as well. And, yeah, she gave up a baby. She got kicked out of her house. She doesn't have that strong family bond. So it's not even comparing apples and oranges. It's comparing apples with a chair. I mean, it's just... You can't, you know, say she was right or he was right. They have some legitimate points. They're also being, you know, just understandably harsh with each other just because of the situation. So what I don't really fully understand, and maybe you have some thoughts on this, is why Kurt felt that he went, why other than the, the show wanted a scene with the God Squad, did Kurt go to the God Squad? No, I don't
1: understand that either. Like, Kurt, you have your parents. Have blame. You have people you are closer friends with. Well, like Mercedes is there, but he and Mercedes kind of had their whole talk about religion, so I, I guess they didn't want to bring it up just the two of them one on one again because we already did that in Grilled Jesus. Another episode I was on. Haha, ha, all the callbacks. <laughs> but, you know, I, I didn't understand why he went to them instead of. To Blaine, or to his
0: parents I can or, understand or, Like, I can understand, maybe not Blaine Because Blaine doesn't seem to be in the best of headspace with this. No, true enough I can but. understand that maybe, you know, his dad Would say, uh, you know You should not punish yourself because of X, Y, and Z And again, we'll talk about that in a second I can kind of understand a little bit You know, why, and, you know, Finn and Rachel Are so caught up in each other That they're not noticing Kurt So maybe Kurt You know, maybe Mercedes was there But Mercedes has no interaction with him in the scene There's nothing There's no Kurt-Mercedes interaction Really So it's really, it feels like they put it in here So that the God Squad could be in there So that they could have stuff to do with Joe And I really, I think that's another reason I'm just like, did you really have to, you know I don't know, annoyed with the writing Not necessarily with the character's actions If that makes sense
1: Yeah, I think they, they they did want to use Joe because he had a contract. They had to put him in so many episodes, but they I, they wanted to put in the whole Kurt feels guilty, and they had to have a talk about it with somebody. And yeah, let's shove it in here.
2: Yep. So
1: and yeah, I I I, I don't get why he feels. Guilty. No, I understand why Kurt feels guilty because Kurt Kurt's heart is way too big, and he feels bad. But it's like, if you had answered the phone, he might. Got Dave's hopes up, it might have done nothing, and he's putting all the weight and guilt on him that he shouldn't have to feel. And, it's like, you're not responsible for the emotional well being of David Kurovsky.
0: Right. And, and you know, um, putting it in context with the Heart episode, Kurovsky came to Kurt, and basically, you know, we talked about it at length, he was being out of line. I mean, he, he basically. Was stalking Kurt for a week And then because of his own um, Single-mindedness And, his, his, uh, you know, Krosky just has the inability to I don't know, think past himself at this point um, He wasn't, you know, he he tried to reach out to Kurt But he did it in a, in a not great way Like, I, I want to yeah. date you Not can we try to be friends type of thing So that, of course, is going to make Kurt retreat And, you know, so Kurofsky keeps trying to call, and so I can understand, you know, there's this whole montage of of Kurt ignoring the phone calls, and he has every single right to ignore those phone calls. But I think that because of the way Kurt is, he just, you know, he feels like if I picked up the phone, if I'd done this, I might have stopped somebody from trying to do this. And I think that had Kurofsky had actually succeeded in his attempt, that he would have Held on to that guilt for a long Time so yeah
1: But you know you kind of have Ask Kurt what Would you have done like what is It there you could have said To make this better
0: Um And I think that's that's why I said Also why Bert and Blaine and Rachel and Finn or whoever are not in This scene because nobody in that God squad is gonna tell him Or tells him that he doesn't Need to really be blaming himself um, they just kind of let him talk, which it's, it's a good thing to sometimes do that, just take a step back and let somebody, you know, emote and feel things. But um, they put nobody in there to say, "Kurt, just you know, there's no reason you need to be feeling like this." And I, that is, I think, intentional. Why they did not have, you know, Bert, especially a Bert scene, because I feel like this is—I mean, Bert is in this episode, but at no point does he talk with Kurt. So yeah.
1: And that, that is a big failing for me in this episode. Like, I do like this episode, but I, I really think it could have been improved by Bert and Kurt having a talk. Yeah. I, I, I do. Like, cut out some of the other stuff that's not needed and and have them interact because, you know... But then again, this also ties into the, the dance with somebody plotline between Kurt Bert because Bert is actively... I won't say avoided, but not interacting with Kurt as much because he can't deal with the fact that Kurt is graduating and leaving. Yep. So maybe that was intentional to show that they aren't they aren't in this place where they're communicating about all this kind of stuff anymore. I don't think lead writers have that much foresight, but <laughs> you know, no. throw them um, sure. That's why it's not there.
0: Great. Right. So, all right. Um. know. Happier note, unless you had any other notes about that scene. I was going oh, the one thing I was gonna say, for a long, long time, it felt to me that this was completely out of character for Kurt. I don't understand any of this. And I think looking back on it, I I see the thread. I see that like this is coming from this middle like of season three writing of Kurt where he's a little bit too much high road and whatnot, but I do see the connective thread tissue that the writers were going here. Even if, even if I don't agree with it, I, I do see where the writers were coming and what their intentions were more than I used to. So, um, Going on, uh, there is a lighter moment after this, though. It's one of my favorite Finchel moments, which are probably few. But um, they're at the locker, and, and because of all of this stuff, Rachel kind of gets this, okay, well, I have to live life now it to its fullest. And she tells Finn, I want to get married now. And Finn says,
1: nah? I am Jim. Best in my ever. Hands down.
0: Oh. I
1: am Jim. But, like, I was watching this, and I'm not a fan. I know you're not a bitch fan. But this scene actually made me kind of sad because I'm watching it, and they're like, I love you, I love you. And like, we're going to be together. And I'm like, no. You have like a year left and I felt so, so sad thinking about it. And I don't think they should have got married or anything like that. I just felt really I don't know why.
0: There is a lot really of
1: really sad at this point that you know, this is the point where they actually really do love each other and want to spend the rest of their lives together, even if it's for stupid, idiotic reasoning. And it made me feel actually like really sad that they don't get you know, to have even if they are completely around each other, they don't get that. They don't even get to explore if they could get that. It makes me feel really bad for Finn and Rachel. Just heard and kind of bad for Leah. Again, I'm not a big fan, but I felt really bad. And I know it's supposed to be a big light theme, haha. And we're trying to lighten it up, but I just felt bad.
0: Yeah, I, there are a lot of moments, and and not to get into it really, but there are a lot of moments in season three. Um, with Finn where it just it, its it hurts a little bit so to, to watch because of what happens later on so I, I can understand where you're coming with from that so.
1: but you know I have Jim yeah <laughs> that's good. yeah I have Jim
2: like no not right now it's Saturday
0: that's it's like I don't know if I already passed it there's a moment um later on maybe it's I don't remember when it is maybe it's in Saturday night Cleaver, where Finn says, Um, He pulls out a history book and he's like I don't even remember taking this class Or I didn't remember I had this class or something Anyway
2: Maybe that's because Mr. Shue was teaching it Oh, Mm -hmm. that's true
0: Mm -hmm. Anyway Okay, so we move into uh, Sebastian is called Kurt, Blaine, Santana, and Brittany um, To the lima bean In what I think is one of the most Forced 180s Of a character
1: I, I was just like, okay, how did he just hear about this whole thing? Well, I guess, well you know, that makes so well sense. Well, he was, like, on the news, and then...
0: Social media. Just
1: like, why? Why does the, he just, like, he, I think you're giving Sebastian too much credit for having a hurt, and feeling bad, and... Because he, he's still there, playing off the whole, ha-ha, I threw a rock, a rock salt slush in your face as a prank. No, sweetie, that, that, that's assault.
0: Well, no, he does apologize to Blaine for that here. He
1: does, but he's like, it's a stupid prank gone wrong. Like, no, you were v- actually trying to really hurt Kurt and end up really
0: hurting Blaine.
1: That's not a prank gone wrong. That could have seriously hurt somebody. There was no way that was planned as a prank.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, no, and Blaine doesn't accept his apology. I love vicious Blaine. Yeah. I love sassy Blaine. It's, it's interesting. Blaine. Hysteric.
0: It's interesting that um, Brittana are there, too. I'm like, what? Because, I mean, I know Santana and Sebastian kind of had that, you know, uh, the, the um, scene Santa. in Michael, but it is a little weird that they're here for this. But, I don't know.
1: Or maybe uh, Santana is, uh, is their vicious backup at this point, because Santana, for all her blustering, actually really does like Kurt playing together, and I think she's actually, you know, friends with Wayne at this point. And really doesn't like Sebastian hurting Blaine So she's gonna be there to back him up
0: Well I think also maybe it's um Sebastian called them like look You know we are all queer people And one of our own This issue is bigger than us Um I think you're right In that here you have a character That they've written to be I don't want to say an evil character But a, a not good character And This to me feels a little Like I get that, you know and They do the flashback to Karofsky and How um, Sebastian blew him off Which kind of
1: negates The whole, you know, I'm trying to be the person thing that they've got going on Um, So, I don't don't know And I was kind of confused as to why it was Dalton who was leading the charge To collect donations in Dave's name When, you know, it kind of should be McKinley because that's where he went and that's where people Still know him I, well, I, I know they were trying to do it that so Sebastian was more like a human being instead of a despicable meerkat, but was just like, why are you doing it?
0: Well, to you to is to um, because he was guilty. I mean, that's why he's so. Yeah, I get. But I, I just, but. it's weird that a character like um Sebastian feels like I, I don't know. I mean, I guess then it kind of says, okay, well, then, you know, all of this stuff has been really fake, and which makes sense, too. I mean, Sebastian is kind of a fake character, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it isn't, it is not the most uh, ringing true with me scene that they ever do. No, so.
1: it, it doesn't come off as believable, and then from there on out, Sebastian just, you see him, I think the next time we actually see him after this episode is, in season four when Blaine sees about coming back to Dalton.
0: Yeah, but
2: then then
1: he's like kind of calmed down but it's still kind of the sidekick to evil hunter.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then we see him again in season five and he's perfectly okay dude. Just like well if you're gonna create a character as unlikable as Sebastian Spike, or as like I know a lot of people like him. Was great. Like Dustin
0: them. is a really really sweet guy. I mean, like he the actor is, is great, but
1: no, not. yeah. But I'm really hoping they put a clear a joke or two in that uh, Flash musical episode. Oh yeah. I, I'm for at least one, where you know Barry's like, did I go to high school? You
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> at least one joke about the musical being Glee Club. That's all I ask.
2: <laughs> we'll but, see. Um,
1: you know, yeah. I, I don't I don't. They like they created this very interesting character that you either love him or you hate him or you don't really care, but he was you know he was something new and interesting. And then they just kind of after this they're like no he's not interesting anymore. After this he's just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And and you know that's kind of a shame. Like I know why they did it and everything like that, but it's just like after this it's just like I don't care about Sebastian. He's just boring now.
0: Well, and also the scene, I understand why it's here, even though it's not 100% necessary. This is kind of to say, okay, I'm going to not blackmail Rachel anymore. I've seen the error in my ways, and um, we want to do regional spare. So it's part of the regional storyline, too, but I don't know. It's kind of nice just to see uh, uh, Kurt and Blaine and Brittany and Santana together, though. I kind of like that, but um, yeah, they're, yeah. Um. So moving on, we uh, get into um. Circle the time. Circle time. And
1: bring in a very high allergen into the school. Don't do that, please. Don't bring peanut butter into schools. Kids are allergic. They have airborne allergies.
0: Interesting, because I was never <laughs> anything like. Hmm, I
1: don't know. I'm sorry. I'm where where I'm a teacher. Pretty much every single school in this area is like you can't bring in nuts or any nut products of any kind Because there are kids with airborne allergies whose throats will swell up in about five seconds if they're around peanut butter Don't bring peanut butter into schools I get what he's going for because they actually don't have peanut butter in a lot of places in the United Kingdom But don't bring peanut butter to schools
0: Interesting Um, Sorry. I know Will gets a lot of flack for his, um... <laughs> Story about wanting to jump off a building um, Because he failed a test And I'm going to I can't believe I'm going to do this I'm going to defend the will a little bit here When you're a I'm teenager with you. uh, When you're a teenager i uh, You know Some things just feel bigger And especially if you're somebody Who you feel like you're not meeting Expectations of people that you respect And you feel like you're letting them down That can be very heavy on a person So I, I can understand, um, it, it's again that situational, and man, again, I'm, I'm going to try, it. maybe I, for this episode I can try and find actual um, psycho- psychological definitions, but um, it is that situational depression versus the long-term depression, that in that moment yep. you can feel like, okay, I'm, I'm just done, I hate my life. I want to end it. So I I don't think that Will deserves, he deserves the flack for a lot of things, but this is not one of them.
1: No, and if you are someone who suffers from depression, uh, hearing the words, I am disappointed in you, or I am so disappointed, is like a knife to your soul. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep.
1: That is, people who suffer from depression and anxiety and stuff like that, Hearing that someone is disappointed in you can be a huge, huge, huge blow. So yeah, Will does a lot of things wrong. This is not one of them. This is his it gets better moment saying like, look I was there. Now I'm here. It gets better. And I understand where anybody could come from. You know, don't don't think... Because Mercedes is like, I don't think anybody here is thinking about killing them who has ever thought about it. And Kurt just gives this look
0: mm-hmm.
1: where he's like, yeah, you none of you know. Except maybe Blaine. I'm I caution maybe Blaine Yeah,
0: knows. maybe maybe not. I, I'm actually a little... To be honest with you, Kurt is such a character for me who holds his cards close to his heart. He, he I feel like this is not something...
2: How do yeah, I put this?
0: No. They're in such a. Like, Blaine is his happy place, you know? Yeah. And he wants to keep that as good, and I mean, that's why one reason why he's so playing dumb with the whole, like, long distance relationship thing. He's like, yeah, we're gonna be fine because you're my happy place, and I'm happy with you, and we're good, and that's fine, and I'm not gonna think about bad things. Um, Like, it's almost a separate thing that, like, this darkness that he, he had gone through and. Still lingers, it's it, he holds it in. I mean, just think about the stuff with his dad and how long it took him to, you know, in season one to actually talk to his dad about all the stuff and how it finally just blew up because he didn't want to admit that there were issues there. So, if I'm making okay. any sense, uh,
1: I, will, I will give you that. So, nobody knows, but maybe in the future, Blaine will know. Yeah. Um, I read it I can't remember the name of it, but it's just basically said after season six or like in the in-between of the end of season six and beginning of the little epilogue part where basically Kurt had made a list of all the reasons why he should and all the reasons he shouldn't at 16 or whatever and the list of reasons he shouldn't was was very small but it was, I think it was burst basically and then it kind of added and added and added and then one of the things on the list was Blaine and then Blaine found the list like you know, you know uh, and kind of really, you know, freaked out about it. it was like, of you know, course, like, I'm not in that place anymore. I have something to use and it was the fact that they were going to be fathers. Like it was really sweet, so you wrote that. Good job, you. Extra kudos. It was just really, really well done. So, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. from. Maybe in the future, after season six, when they've actually, you know, gotten movies, where they actually talk, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, we want that right now, well, not, not now.
0: I will say that, um, and I'm I'm going to say this way more in season four. But see, the the canon has a lot of holes in it, and you can extrapolate either way. I feel like there's no right answer. So if you feel like this is something that they could have talked about, definitely it's something that they could have bonded on early on when you know Kurt was first talking to Blaine and like it never been kissed in that era. Um, I can see him opening up, or he may not. I mean, it's really. Up to interpretation, and I don't think there is a right or wrong answer to that. So. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, and then they go around the circle and come up with their whole, yay, reasons to be happy and look forward
0: to life. And I, I, I love the variety of these things. I love that some of them are extremely superficial. Some of them are really, you know, uh, for the near future, for the far future, uh, you know, it, it's. Interesting to see just the variety of answers that they give here. So even at, I
1: don't I don't I don't know where Mercedes' answer came from though. Oh. She to see children. You would think it'd be something else.
0: I, I I'm guessing they just didn't have an idea for her, which is really kind of sad. But I feel like
1: well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It, it's, yeah. it's Mercedes. The Raiders never know what to do with her. But mm-hmm. you, you think you know they they would uh, I don't know something. Yeah. Other than wanting to meet Rachel Berry's children Yeah And I don't know And then poor Tina Because it was at this point I still actually kind of liked Tina She's like I want a song And she doesn't get one unless it's a dream sequence where she gets interrupted Yeah so, Poor Tina and um, I'm
0: like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah and we get um, Kurt's comment About um, Wanting his dad to make good A difference in congress um, which is really the first time they really mentioned it since the election stuff has ended. Um, but yeah, hopefully Bert Hummel is doing awesome things. Kind of wish Bert Hummel was a congressman now, but oh well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I, do, I, I do like the sweet little look between Kurt and after Blaine says he wants marriage equality. Like, that was sweet. You know, like, they, they have actually probably yep,
0: yeah, like we're going to get married. Well, and that's well. I mean, I mean, the box scene notwithstanding, um, it's also Blaine. Marriage has been something on his mind for a long time, uh, more so than Kurt. Um, but that is his big thing. His and and we do have to keep in context that this is all before. I mean, even though it's a recent thing, this is all before um, uh, gay marriage was legalized in America. So. Um. This was Ryan Murphy wrote a lot of this stuff to also say hey, or uh, we want marriage equality. Um.
1: So. Yeah, he brought he brought that up in the the new normal, or as I like to think of it, clean the future series. Yeah, Clayton, the series. Even though I know it's based on Ryan Murphy and his husband, but it, it it's totally just a, a clean fanficy. Show, so guys, watch it. It's actually really good.
0: Can you still get it? Is it on iTunes? It's not on DVD.
1: I'm not sure.
0: It was on iTunes, but You can find
1: it. Give it a chance. Like, it's only like. I don't think it's only like one season long. It's only one season long. Matt Bomer's in it, shirtless. Points there, but it. And there's a lot of like glee type jokes in there. But the the Blaine archetype in that says, I don't believe in marriage until all 50 states can get married. like I don't think like we that long, even if it wasn't that long in coming, kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, yeah you, uh, you you can definitely tell Ryan Murphy's thoughts on uh, gay marriage.
0: Yeah.
1: Although, did Ryan Murphy write this
0: episode? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm gonna look that up. I don't remember who wrote this episode. Um, like,
1: it it wouldn't surprise me if he did or if he at least. Well, I'm sure he had a
0: hand in it, if nothing else. Yeah. Here I'm gonna.
1: It, at this point, Ryan Murphy still, you know, gave a fuck about Glee.
0: Um, no, it was written by Roberto. Is it Aguire? I I apologize for my my pronunciation, but um, Aguire Zacasa. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, but uh, getting back, also, uh, I want to mention that I wrote in my notes. Um. Kurt seems sympathetic towards Will, and it's in two and a half years, and he's finally sympathetic towards Will in a moment. Yep. It's
1: um. just the only time that Kurt, you know... Well, he's his student, but Kurt actually kind of likes Will. Yeah. And it's like, you know, feels a bit closer to him having that information, and I think appreciates them all kind of sitting down and saying, like, you know, this is what we want to... Live for this is what we want to see happen, and even if some of it is silly or in Rachel's case, really naive, uh, you know, she's like, I'm looking forward to being friends with you the rest of your lives, and, and I'm just like, oh, sweetie,
0: you know, but at the same time, gonna, I like, was,
1: I, I get that mentality, I get it, but life is gonna hit you so hard, but I'm was- not even gonna talk to some of these people next year.
0: Well, the one thing though, I was gonna say, actually, not necessarily that, but. Look at the difference that here is this circle, and I think the point of this scene is here's the circle of people who are here to help you through, even if you guys aren't the closest, it's still a group of people that you can go to in dark times. And Kurosky did not have that. Um, no. the, the unfortunate thing is that Kurosky, I you know, I know that sometimes like even I'm hard on him, but like. Kurt was his lifeline in a lot of ways And that is one reason Why he was like clinging on So much to Like that's why he kept calling And that's why you know that's why the whole Gorilla stalking thing happened and You know Kurofsky is trying To make it and has no Tools to deal with All of the stuff that he's dealing with And um Because of that That is why like that's you see the differences between this group of kids and then Krosky out there on their own, and I think that is one reason why I think this is such a relevant topic because there are a lot of kids out there who are on their own, who don't have those lifelines, who do, that don't have those friendships or those family relationships, and who are really struggling. and I and the, one of the reasons I—it's probably one of the other reasons why they picked Crosskey as a character to do the storyline—is to show that there are these kids out there that need help, that we can't always get to, or that we should try and be more aware of, and that kind yeah. of thing. I think and, like
1: that—that that kind of actually ties into. <coughs> sorry, I'm over you. Oh no, you're fine. Uh, the teachers at you know, the beginning, where they're like, you know, we were all hired on days, and I was like, kind of hoping, yes, you guys need to pay attention to the students outside of your three favorites. Yeah. And I was really hoping that realization would sink in, but of course it didn't. But them actually realizing none of them knew how troubled Dave was, even though it wasn't their responsibility once he left the school, they could have, you know, sent along a note to his new school and, and like, you know, <clears throat> here's our observations. he should have had a file that they, that guidance counselor could have looked at and, like, you know.
0: So, I don't know. I, I will say, like, yeah, they were right in that, you know, you have to protect... You know, if one kid is bullying somebody else, you have to protect that kid. But also, like, what is going on with that, you know... It, you have to look at all of the characters involved, or all the people involved. It's not always a black-and-white situation. Um, later on, Kroski is going to say that his mother basically disowns him. So, like... Krosky is obviously somebody that does not have a lot of people that he can go to. So yeah. it's you have to you know it's a hard thing, but it's like you know sometimes see where these people are coming from and what can we do to help this other person, you know?
1: And uh listeners, there is a suicide hotline. There's lots of numbers you can call if you feel alone. Please 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 call them. Yeah, I might Message link somebody on Tumblr are all here I'll hear for you.
0: Um, I, I may see if I can link something up uh, when I when I post this particular um, when I post this particular podcast. I'll put a link up there. But
1: yeah, but it's like it, it's a good thing those resources are there now. Mm-hmm. But you kind of wonder, you know, were they available during this time? Were they available? Would these characters even think to call them? Because their only resource is, unfortunately, Emma. Yeah. Not to put them, Emma down, but you know, this is their resource, and so it's a good thing that there are lines you can call. There's like suicide prevention line, and I think you there's a number for the it gets better and the Trevor Project and all this. Like there are resources out there, so that basically, so stuff like this doesn't happen.
0: Right. And it can be hard. I mean, I know as somebody who suffers a little bit from anxiety, it is hard to, um, to even reach out. Yeah. So, definitely. um, yeah. So, um, difficult thing. It's a difficult subject. Um, I don't want to minimize it at all. I think it is a very relevant subject. That is why I, my, one of my, like I said before, one of my issues is that it was crammed in here with a competition episode and a funny pincho plot line. Um, yeah. Because I think that it is much bigger than this episode
1: yeah, gives it I credit think, for. I think they needed to take the competition part out of this. Like I understand leaving in the funny control thing, so it's not just not a complete downer of an episode. You need some levity, something you know, pop in, also tying in for you know, let's live life while we can, carpe diem, YOLO, said mentality of somebody died, we need to seize life while we can, kind of thing. That ties in, but the competition stuff just—you don't need it in this
0: episode. No. You could have
1: easily lifted out, got next episode, and be fine.
0: You know what else? I, I kind of—we're going to change gears now that we're getting into the regional stuff. Anyway, um, one thing I think is interesting—they never did, and they always had um, the competitions were kind of the end of arcs. Especially in seasons two and three, um, each of the sectionals, regionals, and nationals episodes are arcs of the season. And this is the ender of this. The reason this plot or the reason this episode is so full of stuff is that it's the end of the second arc of season three. Um, But, you know, what they could have done is that they could have skipped a competition. Like, hey, we've had a competition. And I mean, I guess it is a musical show. They needed to do music, so I guess they weren't really ever going to yeah, do that. Yeah, but, but we didn't need two
1: Warblers numbers plus three New Directions numbers plus part of the Golden Goblets or whatever. <laughs> you, you didn't need it. No. You needed, like, maybe one Warblers number and one New Directions number and maybe a number at the end of the song, at the end of the show. That that was it. You, you didn't need to add five songs.
0: No. Yeah, this... It
1: was especially... I, I have a lot of issues with this, the regionals performances.
0: So. All right. Well, before we jump really into that, um, let's talk about the one thing that I appreciate is that, um, they do sometimes cut the judges stuff out, which I don't think is always necessary. Um, uh, probably cause after season one, I, I just don't think they're that funny. Um, but, um, we get the vampire thing and there's that background claim moment. We always see where, um, where, uh, and Kurt's not having it with a vampire, so Blaine kind of pretends to be one, and he's like, No, I'm not having this. Yeah, you,
1: you, you know, uh, if Kurt watched Twilight, he just watched it for the Taylor Lautner and and everything else. Oh, you
0: know, we just talked about that in the last episode with the Spanish teacher stuff. That's really funny. Like, <laughs> one of my other guests said the exact same thing. I just think it's funny. But anyway. <laughs> um,
1: I think somebody pointed out that, like, Finn is also flinching, and they were like, Oh, it's because Bert and Carol were doing something. No, Carol's there flinching too. It's definitely not that. I'm thinking Bert just forced them all to watch a scary vampire movie, and they all hated it. Now. <laughs> I, I, you know, yeah. maybe that was just my imagination, but I totally saw Carol flinch too. So I don't think any of them like
0: vampires. Yep. No. Um, so yeah. Oh, okay. So we get into um, first of all, the Golden Goblets. Are they the Madrigal Choir? Um,
1: I don't know. They're, they're dressed like they came out of a run fair.
0: Hold on. Let me. Get through this warbler stuff Um I don't remember Okay there's one of the competitions have, Has this magical Um singers and they're really Amazing and I'm like don't downplay That that's really awesome whatever
1: Anyway that's I don't know. We only get like 20 seconds of them singing She walks the beauty and they, they sound really good
0: Oh no that's okay it's a different one With the magical um, singers sorry Anyway um um, but yeah We get two Warbler's numbers And this, you're right, this is so overkill I get the first one is Kind of, um You know, this dedication to Kurovsky I get it, I, I get what they're trying to do with that But then they have the second one Where basically it's about Sebastian trying to get the audience to sleep with him And I Why? Yeah, the
1: thing is, during the first number well, Actually, during both warbler numbers The auto-tune is ugh, It's so bad and I'm going to say, Glad You Came is a better number, like, it's better performance, better dancing, but it doesn't tie into anything, and it wasn't needed, it, but I would have rather just have Glad You Came than the first one, because the first one, the attitude is so much worse. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and... and they're, like, just doing their little sidestep, and then the next one... And the people are getting up and cheering, and, like, why are you getting up and cheering for that? Like, the second song, I understand, because they're putting their all in it, but...
0: You don't need
1: two warbler songs. You need maybe a part of one. That's it.
0: Um. Yeah. No. And I, I hate to say this. I because I really do think Grant Gustin is an absolutely talented person. But the reason the warblers shined so much was Darren Chris. I mean, like, and yeah. the the arrangement by um, the Beazlebubs and a lot of reasons, but. Like, Darren Chris is a very um, Charismatic guy and, and it just kind of Worked with Blaine and whatever And trying to recapture that With Sebastian doesn't Doesn't really work So, I, I feel like the writers are like Well, people love the Warblers, let's do Warblers numbers And I'm like, no, you people like Blaine And the Warblers And, yeah. I mean, I still love the Warblers, don't get me wrong I mean, I love, like, Trent He's just my favorite little Warbler ever But, like it doesn't work the same way.
1: No, so it, it doesn't. And they they didn't know what to do with the warblers after Blaine transferred, and thus we get all the stupid storylines. And I think there's fan art out of there, it's like Blaine goes and five minutes later, like they're taking steroids and they're cheating and they're harassing people, and yeah, it's just like. What the
0: hell happened? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I wrote in my notes um, that the Golden Globlets are the Madrigal Singers, so I reversed my opinion again, um, that they are. They're uh, The magic, singing um group is, is really kind of awesome. Um, if you've never really sat down and listened to the music, just do it once in your life. Um, it's very intricate and very difficult and kind of amazing when you really look at it in the context. but. Uh, Yeah, I can see how it's kind of a jokey thing Here, so The third party groups Of the competition episodes have never bothered me Because they usually go for some kind of joke or something So Um,
1: Yeah, they always do something a little bit funny with them And they get about 20 seconds of screen time So
0: Yeah. Yeah Um, so before New Directions Goes on, Finchel announces That they are getting married Um and not because okay, I was just a, judge your face. Yeah, and and Kurt's like, no, this isn't happening. Like, what? why are you doing this? this is a bad time. Um, and yeah, he's worried for them. So yeah, well, oh Finchel. And
1: even Will looks kind of like, what, what? Why are you not doing this now? Yeah. And, and this is the part where Will, who has such a good relationship with Finch, who's just like, dude, this is stupid. Don't do this. Why? This is the one time I want Will to be so invested in their relationship.
2: Yeah. That's a good I point.
1: Step in. Like, if, if Finn was going to listen to anybody about this wedding, it would have been Will Schuster. Mm. Why? Why? This is the one time I want him to be overly invested in their relationship and creepily involved in Finn's life. <laughs> step in, Will. Yeah. Step in. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever.
0: Um, Yeah. So... Oh, let me get the New direction set. Um... Uh, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Why? Why? Can, can I rant for a bit about this set? Sure. Yay. This set's terrible. The first song, Fly slash I Believe I Can Fly, is, the, the fly part is boring. The I Believe I Can Fly is eh. Darren should rap. I'm sorry, Darren. I love you. I do. Yeah, Naya's even okay.
0: Naya didn't sound that great either.
1: No, but she's better than him. You have Kevin right there. He's singing part of it. Let Kevin rap. Kevin, I'm okay with rapping. Darren, no. No, stop. This is yeah, and they're not even dancing. They're just kind of swaying. Uh, the Troubletones Ones are I actually really liked. Their dancing is yeah, but they, their vocals are really good. And I don't understand why Quinn and Tina didn't you know,
0: join in, but whatever. And then they have... Wait, was Rachel was, in the Troubled Tones number?
1: Rachel was not. It, okay. It's just Mercedes... Santana uh, and Britney. Santana and Brittany and Sugar's there swaying in the background and a bunch of Cheerios. Like, why don't you let Quinn and Tina have parts in there? Because, you know, they don't get to sing ever. And, you know, uh, Santana got a bit in the first song, so she didn't need to have part of the second song too, but whatever. And then you have the third song, which is a good song, but it's not suited to Leah Michelle's voice. She is a nice voice, but it's for Broadway and this is a rock song and it doesn't sound good. So where they put so much emphasis on we need Rachel to win I'm like, No, because uh, she only sings part of the first song, which is meh. She's not in the second song at all, and the third third song is not a good choice for her. We did not we didn't need Rachel to win because they should have gotten somebody else to sing. Here's to us, maybe Santana.
0: Well, you know that that song is actually okay. Here's my thing. Um, yeah, the first um, the first song is weaker. No, Darren and uh, Blaine and Santana were not the best idea to sing that. Um, especially in both times. Yeah, Uh, and then the trouble tones one I don't really have a problem with, but the here's to us thing here's my issue. Okay, Um, not even thinking about it vocally, uh, but here you have um, just Rachel on stage. The girls kind of sway in the background. The guys are all around on the side, and you don't see them except for Finn. And you real because I tried. I'm like I'm trying to get a a glimpse of where Kurt and Blaine are. You you can't.
1: uh, Finn.
0: And uh, you do see like the, one of the other pairs, um, but Very anyway, hard. this song, even, it's it's supposed to be one of those you know it, this is for everybody, but this is really a Finchel song. The here's to us is to Finn and Rachel, like the it, yeah it's here's to everybody. I mean it's you know a group song in that regard, but because they zoom in so much on Finn and Rachel, it is about Finchel. Yeah, yeah.
1: It it no, it's, and, yeah, it's just like, we didn't need that, and, uh, I just, I don't think the New Direction should have won. I think the Warblers doing Glad You Came was better than this entire set, I'm sorry.
0: I think the, <laughs> the Madrigal, or the, the Golden Goblet should have won, personally.
1: Except that's <laughs> the Troubletones number. If it was between the Troubletones number and Glad You Came, the tri- yes, they should have won. But the other two songs take away from that. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it, it's not a good set, and I uh, no, so like there's there's no choreography, and the, they chose songs that weren't great. Like, no, what? Why did they like? I know they had twins. So that go to nationals. So they have their brand. Yay, we get to continue the Glee Club and come back and triumph and everything like that. But they shouldn't want. won.
0: Right. Well, and I'm not even going to be that picky about it Just because Glee has never been um, First of all, you can't really judge When they only show one song of one thing and three of another and what I, I, I don't feel like you can really judge who does better But I also think yeah. that there's a consistency in that New Directions winning doesn't mean that they've necessarily had the best set It's just plot-driven so I don't really give the competition aspect that much credence because it's already telegraphed they're going to go to nationals and win anyway, just the based on it. It just is. That's how the story plays out. Season 3 is so... The ending, except for the like last 10 minutes of it, where whatever, we'll get there, um, is so telegraphed that, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, this is a necessary evil they have to get through because they have to get to nationals, so...
1: Yeah, I don't know, I, I just really don't like this set It's just, I don't know, I've never liked it, I never will I'm sorry
0: It's, it's okay, you don't have to I don't like most of the uh, competition set lists in general I don't like nationals, and that's like, everybody is like Heresy, what do you mean you don't like the national set list? I'm, like, I'm sorry No, um, it,
1: it's, no, I, I'm not a Again, I like the Troubletones number but we get two Ra- Rachel-led songs because we really needed to hear her thing again just to fulfill the stupid, stupid, stupid I'm going to harass the dean of school to get in storyline. <laughs> All
0: right. Sorry,
1: well. I'm, I, like,
0: so you're on my side. for I don't. You said we were going to disagree about stuff, but... <laughs> no,
1: I'm totally on your side about hating every single second of the Miata storyline of of the whole Rachel gets in by harassing someone, and Kurt blows her out of the water and doesn't... Sorry. I I hate it. I hate it. So... But that's just because the writers were obsessed with, you know, kissing Lady Michelle's ass, and... Chris did something to piss them off. Yeah. So, Kurt suffers in all three. (laughs) I know that's not actually what happened, but... eh, It wouldn't surprise me if there was stuff going on behind the scenes that... Yeah, Chris got the shaft this season. I'm sorry.
0: Um, well, I'm not going to um, go there if you don't mind. So,
1: no, that's fine. <laughs> but, no, but his character went through hardship after hardship after hardship this season. You kind of have to agree with me there.
0: Yes, I just well, it's so funny because at the beginning of the season, something I mentioned was that uh, season two is an upward climb for her, He gets things that are better and better and better. Season three goes the opposite way. It just starts to just. Downward and downward and downward until we hit season four when he gets hits rock bottom. So, um, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I know, but so, I, 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 I do not like me out of storyline and you know, we'll leave it
0: at that. <laughs> um, so, just a couple of things as we get out of the regional part of it, um, which takes up like 15 minutes of this episode. Jeez. Okay. So, um, first of all, um, Rachel's parents, Rachel's dads are in the 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 um Audience, and it's so funny. It, they act as if they've never been to a competition before. And granted, I mean, I you know you never see them there because they're guest stars, and I get that. But it's just really funny to me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And then yeah. um, you get uh, the judges comes back, and it, Kurt is still just not having it with the vampire judge. He's just not. It's really funny.
1: <laughs> oh no, this is where Carol is shuddering at the vampire. I have it in my notes. Uh, so yeah.
0: It just, yeah, I like the consistency of that
1: <laughs> Yeah, I find that really, really funny
0: So Okay, um, and then they win And everyone's happy, and that's that Um, Then we get into um, This is where we're going to actually talk about um, A deleted scene, actually um, okay. can,
1: can I get one note in about Quinn?
0: Oh, yeah, go yeah. ahead Yep, yeah, go ahead
1: um, I was totally with Sue not letting Quinn get back on the Cheerios Because it's March The school year has, like, what, three months left in it? And other girls have been working really hard, so I really didn't like the fact that Sue let her back into Cheerios, but I know why they did it.
0: Yeah, it was kind of a status thing. It wasn't, you know, just to be like...
1: It was to make the car accident more tragic. So they, because Sick Quinn will never get to graduate her senior year as Cheerio now, because she never gets to go back. That's entirely why they had Sue completely reverse her thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talk about, um... We talked about Kurt's decline I, Quinn Quinn is my least favorite Of the new directions But even I take a you know step back And be like good god She did not deserve all of the shit that she was handed I no. mean Oh my god So, so. Um, I,
1: I was okay with Su le- giving her a legit reason I'm not going to let you back on When there's other girls who've worked hard All year so, you can have some status. And then she completely reverses it. And I know why they did it, but I really wish they hadn't because it was stupid. Also, again, it's March. There's like two months left of the year. There's no point
0: Well, like whatever. I said, it would have been a status. Just a, you know, like, gathering, yeah, just no cheerleading left, but here's your uniform. You can feel like you're a part of this. And I get that part of it. But yeah, just to do that, to get her to literally hit by a truck, I. Whatever. We'll get there. We'll, we'll talk about it, like, when we wrap it up. Um, so there's a, a deleted scene Though uh, between Kurt and Blaine And um, I will link it On the um, um, I'm just wondering if I should Read it um, Well I'll go ahead and read it, if it Okay so Kurt at his locker preoccupied As he gathers his post performance um, Gathers his thing post performance Blaine enters uh, Blaine I know that look. It's my best friends getting married to my stepbrother. I love them both very much, but I still think what they're doing is kind of insane, and what am I supposed to wear on such a short-notice look? Kurt. Under the circumstances, uh, uh, show show attire is acceptable. Blaine. You're not going to do something 11th-houry and crazy, are you? Like, pull the fire alarm during sunrise-sunset, which you know Rachel is singing. Kurt. At this point, I'm just praying Mr. and Mr. Barry have something planned besides... uh, uh, you found fish. oh yeah sorry uh fish rolls blaine and you're not conspiring with them that's not your style then what's on your mind kurt Kurofsky. i can't stop thinking about him blaine the two uh, two kids pass by blaine and kurt fall silent blaine why don't you see him kurt i bet he would like someone to talk to a friend i'll go with you if you want kurt no then softer i think i should go along he'd probably be more comfortable Blaine, of course, but I'll drive you And I'll wait in the car for you And that's that's not negotiable And then we get Quinn going by And Blaine saying, hey for brave, looking good Yeah So um, I see why they cut it is I mean, it's this episode it has so much in it And definitely a time thing It is nice to see Cart and Blaine talking about it um, It's interesting that Blaine's Kind of like being kind of jokey and Kurt's kind of distant And that would have been interesting To see on screen as Blaine Kind of trying to get Kurt to talk Um Yeah uh, I also think I, I like the plane as like you know I'm going to be Your person and going with you and You may have to deal with this alone You know talking to him but um, I'm here for you so
1: Yeah Definitely, and, uh, yeah, as much as I wish we, we got it, I see, yeah, I agree, I know why they cut it, and, you know, we don't really need it there, but again, it would have been nice to have some claim in this episode, other than them just holding hands in the hallway, and, you know, before the scene, uh, the Dillia scene came out, you know, you could have just had a hand and they were going to make out the astronomy room. But
0: whatever. As funny as that is, it doesn't feel totally correct, to be honest with you.
1: No, I know. (laughs) I just need something fluffy to concentrate on because this episode is just. It's very dark. It
0: really is. But it is nice to see. I mean, like, I'm wondering if they shot it because you do have this, like, Kurt is kind of urgently pulling Blaine along. And so I'm wondering if it was shot. Um, But, yeah. So there you yeah. guys go. Like I said, I'll link it but but um that is the one of the few deleted scenes we actually get. So um also this marks uh Blaine and Quinn's only interaction <laughs> in the entire series.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well after the season we don't really even get that much Quinn.
0: No, so. Quinn is no longer a regular after the season. She only comes back, I think in four or five episodes. Yeah. Um, I would have to actually sit and think about that but Because um, it's I'm going to right now um, She comes back in Thanksgiving She comes back in I Do And then she's back For the 100th episode and oh, Yeah, because she's not even back for the quarterback Um, So she comes you know,
1: back But there, there was reasoning behind Why she was not back for the quarterback She was invited, Diana said no
0: Okay um, And then she was back for um, the 100th episode And then the New Directions Because it was a two-parter Then she comes back for the season 6 um, Is she in Homecoming? She is And Jagged Little Tapestry I can't believe I'm doing this um, off, off the top of my head And the last Because um, she's not at the wedding No, um, which caused a lot Which is really, really weird <laughs> But then, And then the last one so she's yeah. in seven episodes after season three ends.
2: Yeah.
0: So. Okay. So, yeah. Um, then we get into um, another kind of heavy scene. Um, we get the Kurt Karofsky hospital scene. Which is interesting. I think this is... We, we only get... Is Krofsky only in these two scenes? The scenes where scene where he he his attempt and then this hospital scene? That's it. Wow. That's the other thing. This episode talks a lot about Krofsky, but he's not actually in it very much, and I think that's a shame too. That yeah. you have this thing happen to a character, but the character doesn't get to be a part of it. It's, and after on. this
1: episode until you get to season six, he's not a thing. Like there's not even a throwaway line of someone, you know, asking how's Dave doing? Has anybody talked to him? Right. Thing. Which, you know, I think at this point they were like, yeah, we're we're gonna be done with this and we don't wanna dwell on it. We don't wanna bring it back up or anything like that. But it it would have been nice to
0: you know yeah just
1: anything, just just one throwaway line at some time this season uh, or even next season, like, have you been talking to Dave lately? How is he doing?
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, there's no follow-up. I guess we can, uh, I don't know, I guess we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but, um, yeah, The one another issue, again, I have with this episode is that there's, it ends things, but then you get into, not that I needed follow-up, this scene will wrap things up kind of nicely, but... Yeah, not a throwaway line. He's not. I don't even think he's mentioned at the next. I mean, really, is he not mentioned until tested when Blaine is like, "I was trying to protect you from Crosskey." Like, I don't even think he's mentioned again until then.
1: Yeah. So, which which is kind of sad because Kurt and Dave are like, "Let's be friends," but you never get well, to. And like, I can even, uh-huh. even just a throwaway line saying, you know. Yeah. Hey, Dave, I have this really cool friend named Elliot in New York I'd like to introduce you to Because I know there's a bunch of Dave and Elliot shippers out there I know you exist
0: That's kind of funny, I didn't know that (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah So Okay, so we'll get into the scene Kurt comes in He's a little, you know, scared I feel like him confronting Krofsky Is a little bit like him kind of dealing with some of his own stuff To be honest with you Yeah So um, yeah Sorry, just trying to read my notes here on this um, Yeah
1: But uh, Dave kind of tries to Absolve Kurt of his guilt sort of Like, do not feel bad That you didn't answer my calls Like, I don't blame you You don't need to feel guilty
2: mm-hmm. Yep And, and-
1: I, I don't know If that works I think Kurt will pro- kind of Probably carry this guilt with him for a little while
0: yeah, I can see that. Though granted, I mean, getting back in when we, because there's a after this, gosh, I can't talk. Sorry. After this episode, there's a hiatus. I think it was about six weeks, and you come back and you get Big Brother, and it's like none of this really ever happened. I mean, yeah. So yeah, it's unfortunate. This is a standalone in a lot of ways. Um. That they're, I mean, yeah, there are repercussions. I mean, Finchel's going to have a lot of repercussions, and the uh, Quinn stuff is going to have a lot of repercussions, and um, even the Blaine stuff in here continues on, but the stuff with Kurt, this is, essentially, this scene is the ending of this Kurt and Karofsky stuff. So, yeah. Um, we get Kurt um, basically with his screw the haters line, which is a nod at least I think it's an odd to Chris Colfer's Golden Globe Golden Globe acceptance speech, which he had won um, the year before, and uh, basically said, "Screw that, kids! You know, it's anybody who tells you you can't do anything." Um, and it makes sense that the writers would write that in there. Um,
1: but Glee's not a documentary.
0: <laughs> it's not, in a, a lot of ways, though. Up. I, I yeah. <laughs> sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Um, no,
1: no. But like, it, it, it's a very much some. Some things are fourth wall. What
0: fourth wall? Yeah, that and that. Yeah, in that respect, yeah. Um, one thing I like about this scene is that I like Kurt talking to Krosky about his future and yeah. about how you know, let's take a step step back. Let's. See, you know, try and imagine What your life is going to be like, you know Try, because you know that Kurt is The type that he does, he has this He probably has this whole, you know, future Planned out, which causes problems in his present But, um, it is good to Have something to hold on to, and he's trying to give Kurofsky um Something to hold on to Here
1: Yeah, it's also one of the few times he will actually Use something he learned From Will Schuster in real life It's like, we were actually thank you Mr. Schuster. Schuster for giving me this, you know, tool. Thought this yeah. tool. So you know.
0: I I will say though I would think that just based on some personal experience stuff with some family members, Krofsky probably has a therapist too. I, I and I I think it's important um or to have um to get the correct medical help, or oh, yeah, you know your situation, whether it be therapy or medicine or group work or whatever it is for you. Um,
1: yeah, and, and if he didn't have one before, they would have definitely recommended one to him now. Yeah. After all of this, mm-hmm. so he has someone to talk to. But the unfortunate thing is, where his mother says, like you know, he says something about. Like, his mother thinks he's sick or diseased. Let us hope that his father has the sense to kind of intervene and say, he doesn't need to be cured. He needs someone to talk to. Right. Unfortunately, those therapists do exist. Yeah. Where they will try to cure you. And,
0: uh, yeah. I hope Uh, so. I I like to think that, I mean, just based on how he is in season six, I like to think that his dad stepped in. I like to think that, because... His dad seems like a good guy from when we met him in season two, and I I, I would like to think that he was able to help him help Kowalski. I um, mean, but it is sad here that like he, you know Krovsky said his best friends all abandoned him and everything like that. So um, I'm glad that Kurt was able to reach out and help him. I don't think, and because it doesn't come up again, I don't think it was a thing that happened. But I don't think that. Kurt needs to be the sole person responsible for Karefsky getting better either, but no. it is good to have, you know, these basic, you know, lifelines, these basic beginnings of friendships to help guide somebody in the correct direction if possible.
1: Yeah, and I hope that after this, Dave went to a school that was understanding, just like, hmm, maybe you should go to Dalton, you know, it was anyway financially viable, and then you kind of, you know, you just hope that he, he gets to see that future that he and Kurt envisioned. And, yeah. You know, I he mean, doesn't have to suffer through any more stuff for the rest of high school. That he goes to places understanding and tolerant. You know?
0: And, you know, yeah, I mean, he seems rather well adjusted for um, season six. It, it seems like that he comes out of this um, on the on a better side of things and able to at least go in, into a more accepting um, part of his life.
1: Yeah and he, he's able to stay in that specific part of Ohio, which is still very very not accepting and he's still okay. He's still you know surviving and doing well.
0: Yeah. And I mean this is just one of those times where I may not be a fan of the character, but I mean, I'm glad that his, his story turns out on a positive note. Yeah. So. And and this is a really well acted scene. I think they did a really great job. Um, yeah. You might it. not
1: like Crosby, but you cannot complain about Mac Dattler's acting. No. At any stage of it, because he, every scene he's in, he does phenomenally well. And I think it's been reported, he's like a teddy bear in real life. So yeah. even when he's like, the threatening Krofsky from season 2 And here he's so broken down Like, that man can act yeah. You might not like Dave Krofsky But you have to give props To Max Tyler for doing a phenomenal job For bringing this guy to life
0: Yeah And uh, this is um One of those uh, Let Kurt cry I remember the the BTS He's such
1: a pretty crier but, He
0: wanted
1: uh, but... to get dehydrated <laughs>
0: He cries his way through this entire episode. Um, Oh, man. But I feel like this was an attempt to get Chris that third Emmy nomination. And I, you know what? I hate to say this because, and it's not a slam on the acting, it's the writing thing. I feel like it was a little forced. Like, let's give Kurt something else to cry about. (sighs) Whatever. But, yeah. I want to say I do like um, the little flash forward, though, that they show. I I would like to think that this is how Krovsky ends up with, you know, being like a sports agent or whatever he says he is, and he's got his partner and a kid and whatever, and... Yeah, it's nice. I do
1: have to wonder if that's what uh, Kurt was envisioning, or if he was envisioning his own future or what. Yeah. It's kind of interesting.
0: It is, especially how, knowing how Kurt's story plays out.
1: Yeah. You have to wonder what he saw himself like in, in I think, the five, ten years? I yeah. Think, I can't remember. So... Mm-hmm. You, you kind of have to wonder what Kurt was picturing, if he was picturing the same thing Dave was, or if he was just kind of saying, like, here's what you should be picturing. here's kind of, like, an idea, and I'm imagining my own future, my kind of thing, so, who knows, it'd be very interesting to see. Big writers, hi, hit me up, yeah. write stuff, yeah. I'm always here, <laughs> <laughs> I'm giant Google Docs full of ideas, if you ever want them. I'm always down for more claim pick, uh, especially happy fluffy stuff. It right now, really appreciated.
0: So yeah, um, wrapping this part up, we that is the that's the end of Kowalski until season six. Um, so that kind of Kurt storyline is kind of done. It's kind of interesting. That's you know, because it's you know three years of storyline and and we're now going into the future. Uh, so. Um, yeah. Well, we end on a more comedic note um, There's a lot in this little ending sequence um, We get oh, we get Sue pregnant, by the way We should probably throw that out there Why? <laughs> Why did the story really need to Yeah, I know
1: Like, if, if, if Jane Lynch had actually been pregnant Fine, but she wasn't No. And I think they only Threw it in to make her nicer So she would be with So she'd help the glee club And even though by next season, it's all back to Will and Sue butting heads once again, because that storyline didn't get tired after four seasons of it. Or, you know, six.
0: Or, you know, one. But... uh, I think they uh, were out of ideas to do with Sue, and they just said, well, what if we... Somebody somewhere was like, what if we made Sue pregnant? And they just ran with it, so... Line. I don't know. I, I think it's it rates up there with one of the most convoluted storylines that they ever did. But
1: it, it it honestly, you could have not done that, and the glee would not have changed very much. Yeah,
0: because I feel being, bad that they they dropped the baby, not literally, yeah. but you know, dropped the baby storyline.
1: Yeah, you, you see her, you see her like once or twice in season four, and then after that.
0: Like, what? You had a child? Who's looking after this child? <laughs> so, um, then after that, we I do want to mention this is one of my favorite cracky moments in the entire show. Um, <laughs> when it's curtain <laughs> barrel,
2: god,
0: Man, nope. <laughs> Getting tired. Bert and Carol. Bert and Carol and the the berry dads, and they're trying to come up with ways to stop the wedding. And <laughs> I think just one of my favorite lines was, you know, um, uh, somebody, who, who is it herself couldn't stop? Um, uh, Patty
1: LuPone couldn't stop this wedding. Yeah, Barbara, Barbara could. Britt.
0: Who's Barbara? Barbara Streisand. And then the look on Carol's face like, God, why are we even entertaining this idea? <laughs> She's like,
1: well, my first thought was like, are they both 18?
0: I don't think so. I think Rachel's still 17.
1: So legally, they can't get married. Why is there even a worry?
0: <laughs> yeah, they would have needed more time to get a wedding but, license anyway, and, or marriage license anyway. I don't know.
1: Also, like, they don't have any place to live. So why are you guys saying, okay, you guys are married now. Have fun. You can't live here anymore.
0: Well, that was kind of what Hart was trying to do a little bit. Um, but,
1: yeah, they, yeah, they didn't carry through with it. No. Like, uh, it's like, okay, you guys are married. Now you have to be independent
0: Have fun. And you know what just occurred to me? I mean, not that I didn't know this before, but they threw Quinn literally under a truck to stop this wedding. (laughs) Like threw her under a bus, but they threw her under a truck.
1: And it was so important for Quinn to be there. Yeah. Why was it that important? You know, I guess they didn't want to make it Kurt, even though Kurt was so against this wedding because Rachel knew no matter what, Kurt was going to show up because, you know,
0: well, yeah, I Kurt friend. had already gone through. No, I mean, Quinn was already right, always on the chopping block for this. Yeah. Poor girl. I just... Yeah, uh, but it, it,
1: it, I don't know why it was so important that Quinn be there. Like, which the is
0: really weird doing. when you think about it, because that's Finn's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know. And the
1: pink dresses, which they reuse for every single wedding. Glee costume from Get better bridesmaid be dresses.
0: <laughs> anyway, back to the the family. I love it when um, um, Jeff Goldblum is like, and you're going to use your feminine wiles <laughs> to stop the minister, or the justice of the peace, or whoever's doing the actual marriaging Oh man, the scene is hilarious. Yeah,
1: although it kind of made me wonder, like, because uh, Leroy is just like, or, no, Hiram is just like, we're going to get Rachel a car. We're going to drive her to New York. And then the end of the season, that's exactly what Finn does. He's, well, he's not in a car, but he puts her on the train, like, go to New York. Yeah. Um, they're already there. They're in coots with me. So, like, did he overhear this and get the idea or what? Uh, I don't know. And that's that whole story line is a uh, whole. Yeah, we'll thing. get there. Yes, I don't want to touch yeah. at this point. But just, like, it kind of made me wonder did Finn overhear this plan?
0: Um. So yeah, we get. You know, it's interesting. It makes sense that um Kurt is over with the all the bridesmaids, and of course he's looking like he wishes something would happen so that um this would stop. Um. But uh, Blaine's there too, actually, with the bridesmaids, and not actually with the with the guys. Um, which makes I, sense. I what? Oh, go ahead.
1: I was actually kind of like, yeah, I know Kurt is good friends with Rachel, but he's Finn's brothers, so you would think it would make more sense for him to be with Finn, but where there not enough girls, and she just needed her best gaze, or
0: what, I don't know. I can see that Blaine would go wherever Kurt was at this point. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And then Kurt's usually with the girls, so that makes sense to okay. me too. But it is, Yeah. I, it's little weird.
1: A I, I was just kind of, like, wondering, um, you guys know that you're not all gonna fit in just these rooms, right? It's, it's gonna be Finn, Rachel, Burt, Carol, Hiram, Leroy, that's it. None of you are gonna fit for that room unless you are in a courtroom. Those offices aren't that big.
0: Who oh, knows? They don't usually
1: let you have a big crowd. They usually let you have, you know, your witnesses and...
0: That, not much else. What? Why are you all there? You know what just occurred to me, too? Here we so she's like, why isn't Quinn there? Like they do they just miss their time and because it's obviously they don't know that Quinn got in a car accident unless she was still, you know, awake enough to like text I was in a car accident or something. I don't Uh, know. I don't
1: know. I think they probably just missed their time like, no, your time is over and then somebody called them.
0: Yep. So, yeah, this episode And this is another reason why I don't like this episode I'm sorry um, This episode ends with Quinn literally getting Thrown under a truck to serve the Finchel plotline And as a cliffhanger And yep.
1: And uh, trying to shove the Don't text and drive message in there too Yeah,
0: because we don't have enough <laughs> going on In this episode, let's throw that in there too Too much glee Just too much So so yeah, I know people, there are people out there that like it. That's awesome. I'm glad you do. I, again, want to reiterate that the importance of the suicide um, the uh, plotline is very important. And I, I really wish they had done, done it with a little bit more care than they did. I mean, not to undermine the Kravsky stuff that's in this, I do think it was very well done. Um, but I just wish there had been, it'd been a better all-around episode. Yeah Alright well any more notes On that five pages of notes you had
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm just trying to find my spot now It's like you know when the parents are all discussing the wedding It's like Carol seems to be the one who's just like The least against it so, I kind of got the feeling that she probably got married young and potentially against her parents' wishes, and she's kind of just like, I know Finn, if we had said no, they would have just gone off and eloped without us.
0: Yeah, and and I don't think she's for it or anything. I just. Mm.
1: No, I don't think she's for it. I think she just gets where they're coming from, I guess, and doesn't want to break her relationship with her son over the sake of a wedding in a marriage that she she probably knows is not going to last. Um so let she, them be stupid and yeah. do it so we can still, you know, have them in our lives and right. run off to Vegas or something.
0: Yeah, I like that she's like, let's be supportive just because, you know, later on they may need us and, and this is not something to, like, sometimes kids need to make their mistakes. I, you know, this is questionable. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that's yeah, where she no, was coming from. the
1: best. Idea but like you know Yeah I I have a feeling she is right that if they had kind of Said beforehand like no you Can't get married the two Of them would have just driven somewhere Like okay well we're in Well they wouldn't have gone to Vegas They probably would have gone to like Atlantic City or something Because that's closer
0: They probably would have gone to Columbus
1: (laughs) Uh, True enough But you know Yeah It's uh, I don't know, but, yeah, this, this episode, I, I do like what, I do like what they tried to be, like, I think the whole Karofsky storyline was handled really, really well, I do agree that they should have done more with it, like, I would have liked more discussion and for it not to be three different things at, at once, mm-hmm. like, yes, keep stupid bitch wedding stuff in there because you need a bit of levity, but the competition stuff could have just lifted right out, or just been, like, a blip at the end of it, like, oh, yeah, by the way, you won regionals, woohoo, whatever. Like, the Karate stuff was done well, and that's why I like they did actually do a good job, and, with Glee, their statement episode, shows, like, we're trying to talk about a specific issue, they're hit-and-miss, but this one... Aside from the hodgepodge, I think did a good job.
0: Yeah, I think also something I kind of want to end on um, is I'm a little bit sad that Blaine really doesn't get a whole lot to say or do in this episode um, because you know like with uh, you know it's not just teen suicide but it's you know gay or queer identifying suicide that they're really touching on and I think that affects Blaine as much as it does Kurt. Um, so his silence in this episode's kind of. Sad um, that he doesn't You know get to be a part of it more But I understand why I understand what the writers were going for But um, now that we're at the end of it I'm like yeah we really didn't talk about Blaine much Outside of cough syrup so Yeah, yeah
1: it, it would have been Really interesting To get his perspective on the whole thing Other than the deleted scene Where he's trying to support Kurt Even then just like Blaine had his own issues with Dave Uh, who knows where they are come season three, and he has his own issues with the whole, you know, uh, how, I'm sure he would have something to say about how Dave was outed, because it ties into Kurt's storyline, and about all the stuff uh, that happened, and like the fact that people from Dave's old school were saying, good luck next time, try, try again, and Blaine might have you know, had some of that kind of stuff happen to him after Sadie Hawkins where he got beat up. It's like, oh, well, we'll get you next time kind of stuff. He might have gone through something like that. And I, I really would have liked to see what his perspective was. Because I, I have a feeling he would have had a lot to say about this whole issue. But again, yeah, I do understand why they didn't. But I, I would have liked it. Yeah.
0: All right, well, I think that kind of uh, wraps everything up, and, um, yeah, so thank you guys for uh, listening in, those of you that did, on a very kind of heavy episode. um, These aren't always the easiest to talk about, um, but there's a lot of good stuff to pick apart. Um, So next week we will be coming back with a little bit lighter uh, crackiness. We get Cooper Anderson and Big Brother, and um, it's going to be kind of fun, so... Uh, Join us next week, and thanks for listening.